Well, hey there. Welcome to Discover Your Sensational Path podcast. I'm Erin Gurwich. I'm an occupational therapist, owner of Sensational Path, and creator of the Sensational Path Mobile Sensory Clinic. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast, a podcast for parents, teachers, and occupational therapists to learn and connect around topics of sensory integration, sensory regulation, sensory spaces, and the ins and outs of running a clinic on big wheels. Welcome back to another episode of the Discover Your Sensational Path podcast. Today we've got a really interesting topic and I'm looking forward to learning all about this. Today Erin is going to explain a little bit more on interoception. So tell us a little bit about what has led us to this topic because you had another guest and this came up but you wanted to dig into it further. Yeah, interoception... We talked about it in our episode about toileting and bedwetting and all those things that we learned from Lindsay Kaup. I think it was episode two of this season. We touched on it and I said I was going to come back and talk about it. And so I wanted to explain it in more details. And oh my goodness, in preparing for this episode, I I took like six pages of notes. And I'm like, okay, how deep do we want to go today? Interoception is, it's one of our senses. So we actually have eight senses. And let's see if I can, if I can name them all off. So we've got our sense of taste, sight, smell, touch, hearing, and then we've got our movement senses. So vestibular, proprioception. Um, So proprioception is new for lots of people and vestibular so vestibular tells us um, if we're upright or upside down if we're moving or stationary it's our sense of balance okay and then proprioception is what i when i talk about heavy work that's our proprioception so we sense proprioception in our muscles and joints and it has a huge role in our sensory regulation how alert we feel But then interoception is what we're going to talk about today. And that's our internal sense. So it's, it tells us who I am and who you are, and it helps us feel what's going on inside our body. So our other senses are our exteroception and interoception is what's going on inside our body. It's the growl in our tummy when we're hungry. It's sensing that our mouth is dry and we need to take a drink of water. Um, It senses our heart rate and it gives us clues to our emotions, which I'm just learning more and more and more about this. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like our, when we learn about interoception, it links back to that whole mindfulness and Mm. awareness of our body and acceptance. I mean, these are big buzzwords right now. People are talking about body positivity and this this is all interoception being okay with who you are it's making me think a lot about that really beautiful i forget the name of it that pixar movie where they have all the different Mm. emotions going on inside yes yes i have a visual of it right here so inside inside out is that movie and i use the inside out visuals when I talk about how we're feeling. So you've maybe heard me talk about zones of regulation. If you follow me on social media and I talk about the colors, Mm -hmm. Um, 
that's part of interoception. So that's linking what's going on inside right. back to those emotions. But you're right. That movie is, so. is bang on talking about interoception and feelings. And I love that movie. Such love a it. great movie. You must have been very happy when it came out. Like, this is so helpful for what you do with kids too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and it just made all my visuals. So Yay. <laughs> just a little bit more about what interoception is, because like I said, I've got... 10 pages of notes on this. So interoception is what makes me, me and what makes you, you. It's what makes you hungry and thirsty and excited and itchy and irritable and moody. And it's so, the timing of this couldn't be more, (laughs) more applicable because I've got people calling me, asking me, like actually one, one client who like I know through social media, she messaged me and she said, My daughter wants to talk to somebody about why she's so angry. And I was like, she said, do you work with people on this? And I said, let's work together. Let's do this. And so interoception being in tune, like, so she knows she's angry, but she doesn't know why. But what happens is sometimes people aren't aware. So before we started recording, we were talking about that. Like, so interoception is helps you feel hungry you feel that growl in your tummy but and we often say you know around eating kids will they'll eat when they're hungry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the kids that I work with yeah this is a struggle with those families because they don't eat when they're hungry because they don't recognize uh, they're not getting that interoception those signals from their stomach saying I'm hungry and I need to eat right is it that they don't get the signals or they're just not connecting the dots as to what the signals mean could be both so it could be like we can't without measuring internally and there are tools for measuring internally but without measuring we can't tell if it's that they're not getting the signals or they're not um, integrating those signals so when I work on sensory integration I work on integrating those messages and making sure that they understand what the message means and that it's it's we're doing lots of repetition so then the messages are going to the same place over and over but for some kids they we've talked about sensitivity hypersensitivity Mm. and hyposensitivity so if you're hyposensitive remember that episode where we talked about um big cups and little cups yes yes so you can have a little cup for interoception too, okay. or a big cup. Okay. And if you have a big cup for interoception, it takes a lot of those signals, um, a lot of tummy growls mm-hmm. for you to recognize, oh yeah, I'm hungry. Right. So it's more input. Um, and then for other kids, they they hear the slightest growl in their tummy or they feel the slightest itch and it's like, oh, I'm so itchy. And right. it's, it's hard to tolerate that that sensation or pain. Okay. So there's there's definitely sensations that um, or systems that that we're more in tune or that we, we need those systems for our homeostasis. Okay. Um, and we're very, um, we're maybe more familiar with them for in terms of inter interoception so our body temperature right right we've got the regulation system that tells us you know when we're hot or cold and if you didn't have that feeling Could be dangerous. you know 
maybe right now it would be nice because you wouldn't feel that it's minus <laughs> 30 outside and you wouldn't feel that cold. Um, but also if you didn't feel the heat, you would, you know, there's consequences mm -hmm. to that. If you're outside mm -hmm. in the heat and you don't feel that you're going to, um, get heat stroke or a sunburn. Yeah. Um, our blood sugar levels, those are being monitored by interoceptions. Our blood oxygen levels are being monitored internally without us even knowing it right our hunger our thirst whether we need to go use the toilet to go yes. pee or go poop right those are all things that are are being monitored by our interoception right right it's a, it's just incredible what the body is doing 24 yeah, hours and... a day that we're not even aware of <laughs> i know thank goodness we're not aware of because that would just take up so much of our brain space if we had to be like Oh, I'm hot. Oh, I'm yeah, cold. Like, yeah, totally. Especially in menopause. <laughs> how do you help kids or, or adults even? How do you help them sort of develop this awareness and start to connect the dots and do, you know, be able to listen to their interception? Well, I, I feel like this is coming out a lot more. We're talking about our feelings and we're talking about um, what's going on. Like we're linking right. that that feeling piece to, to our emotions right. and our, we're asking our kids, like when we talked about toileting, we said like, how does that feel? We're really right. trying to, to link what's going on inside the body with, with how we're feeling and, and what's happening that we can see. Right. So when we talk about our emotions, we talk about this made me feel yellow, or this made me feel frustrated and and those things and then we're like we can talk about the emotion piece but then how does your body feel and so we can we can make a map of our body and say okay this is my body mm -hmm. and when I'm angry this part lights up wow. or I get butterflies in my stomach right. because I'm nervous and then what can we do to help those butterflies in your stomach being aware of it is the the first piece of it and that that whole mindfulness yeah. is an interoception activity where we we stop and we pay attention to what's going on inside our body so that we can tune into that so mindfulness is going to help with that emotional regulation it's going to help with sleep it's going to help with our attention and anger management if we're mm. so in tune with all of the things that are going on outside of our body in our environment and we're not coming back and paying attention to what's going on inside, then we kind of get lost. And oftentimes, even in therapy, when I'm working with kids, I'll get them up off the floor on a ball or on a swing, because then they have to tune into what their body is doing cool. so that they can balance and things like that. They're using their other senses, but then they start to tune in more to what's happening nice. with them. But there's so many neat things with technology I feel right now like there's wearables what, that tell us our heart rate yeah. and this was an, a neat activity that I saw was um, using a pulse oximeter mm -hmm. um, so you can I guess you can order these I, I don't okay. have one but you could get a, <laughs> a pulse oximeter that's going to accurately measure your pulse but then you're also going to take your pulse and see how accurate you're measuring your heart rate okay and then you can kind of tune into like what you're feeling, what the device is measuring, and then how you're, 
how your body feels. So when you, you take your pulse right now, then you do 10 jumping jacks and then you take your pulse again. And then you're like, okay, it's pounding harder. Right. It's, it's pounding faster. You're realizing that. And then you might associate other feelings that you're having in your body with that. Like, oh yeah, I'm sweating more. Or John Rate, he has a book and it's all about, you know, he doesn't talk about interoception, but he talks about exercise and how that plays a role in our mental health. And he, he talked in that book. I remember one part where he talks about panic disorders and anxiety and he teaches people that through exercise, they can feel their heart rate increase. And then they learn that that increase in their heart rate is okay. It's manageable. And so by exercise, they can overcome some of that panic feeling. So almost like inducing that same sensation, but in a, in a positive way and then learning when it comes on that it's like, it's okay. I can, I can, sit with this or it's okay it's going to be all right yeah because like back to the hypersensitiveness like if we're really sensitive to things our body goes into a fight or flight Mm -hmm. response and so we're teaching our body that that feeling that you're feeling right now is okay it's training the amygdala which is part of our brain that that sometimes overreacts for these sensitive kids and sensitive people. Um, And we're teaching the amygdala that that feeling is okay. That doesn't mean that you're in danger. Some other activities that, that um, can help is like body scanning and teaching Mm -hmm. kids to name their body parts. Mm -hmm. So they name their muscles and this book that I was reading, um, it's actually called inside out. I'll put the link in the, in the show notes, but um, she had some good exercises in there. And one was naming the body parts and she had funny names for them because it's working with kids. And so it was like um, Dolly, the diaphragm, I think was one of them and, and naming the muscles and the heart and the lungs. And, and so that the kids recognize that these are all different parts of their body and, and what the role of each of these parts is and how they can, you know, control that. So if we're deep breathing, what's that working? That's working our lungs and that's working our diaphragm, but it's also sending oxygen to our muscles so that they feel better because, you know, if kids and adults can associate um, like those, those feelings in their muscles Mm -hmm. that they're having when they're anxious or those feelings, you know, when you're hungry, what do you feel like? How does that feel? Yeah. Yeah. You know, do your mind, like, do you feel like when you're really hungry, you feel like you're going to pass out and you feel like your muscles are weak and, and your tummy's growling and you're lightheaded, like being in tune with those feelings by doing body scans and just being aware of the body and then associating those body scans with calming, common feelings. So we're talking about feelings and emotions, and then how does your body feel when, when you're anxious, how does your body feel when you're frustrated or losing control like when we go back to those inside out pictures like as you're moving from the green zone to the red zone what's different in your body what are you recognizing and there's some some interesting journals that help keep track of this I interviewed last year at the beginning of the season I interviewed Katie Webster and she has this journal 
sensational self that is more geared towards like adolescents and and young adults where they're identifying those um, feelings and emotions and and they're they're using those cues to to write down like how their body's feeling inside and out that's so valuable like even now I mean I still have issues where it's where I'm hangry (laughs) and it's like losing my mind and then and then like my husband will point out like you need a snack yeah Yeah. I get hangry too yeah and I think like I was thinking about this last night it's funny because I was thinking like about hyper and hyposensitive and people who get hangry Mm -hmm. I think we have that hypersensitive interoception in our stomach and like so when we feel hangry maybe it's also due to like insulin levels and stuff like that but we get really hangry and it affects our emotions and our behaviors (laughs) and our rational thinking and all of this stuff right so I think there's something to it we are yeah hypersensitive (laughs) interoception there we go there we go we're not just grumpy because we need a snack (laughs) no we need a snickers (laughs) yes 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 I'm I'm really interested um because you mentioned about the girl who was um she was aware enough to to know that she's getting angry very frequently which which surprises me that to be it's almost like reverse engineering what's going on because she already has the answer of like I'm aware that I'm angry and this is I'm not comfortable with that so how can you like what what would be the process to kind of figure that out and be what what triggers the emotion of anger what what are the sort of common things I guess that would trigger someone to be angry other than needing a snack (laughs) well and I think it's so individualized so I'm just starting to work with this this child and who's who's not that old for, wow. Wow. Um, but that's, I think that's really good insight Yeah, that's incredible. that this child wants to learn why they're feeling so angry. They want, they don't want to be angry. Yeah. Kids don't want to be no. angry. And so, you know, everybody's got a different reason yes. why they're angry. And I don't know if I can help, like right, I want right. to be able to help using interoception and, and, a little bit of talking and playing about feelings and just helping her realize like that, that there's different levels of how we feel. Yeah. And, you know, we can be sad, we can be just right, we can be frustrated, and we can be angry, and helping her realize what might be triggering mm-hmm. that anger. And I, a big piece at that age is helping the parents yes. to regulate themselves because, if as a parent, when your child gets angry, you get angry and frustrated, Mm -hmm. that doesn't help. And that's, it's hard to be like, okay, let's talk about how you're feeling. Like (laughs) (laughs) that's hard. That's the (laughs) hardest part, I think. But um, helping parents at that age to regulate and co-regulate their kids, so that they are holding space for them and you know what I love you let's let's work through this um we love our kids even when they're angry but it's hard to deal with them when they're angry so helping them figure out what the trigger is Mm -hmm. what's happening before the anger Mm -hmm. um I talk about this all the time there's always a reason for behavior and there's a reason for anger so 
it might be that this child needs to go talk to somebody else, like a psychologist that's more trained in that area. Um, but I'm hoping that I can help figure out some of the pieces yeah. and, and even give some exercises that help with regulation until we can figure out yeah. why, why this child is angry. A really cool resource. Um, somebody who's got tons of experience talking about interoception is Kelly Mayer and I'll uh, or mailer i'll link her um, contact in the show notes as well she just she does a lot of teaching around interoception and yeah. um she'd be a good one if you wanted more information about this like i said there's so much information out there um and this is just a little piece of what what interoception means and i don't even remember if i learned about this in school or in my training, we learn about body awareness, but we didn't really dive into this, this internal piece so much, yeah. but I think it's really important, especially now when we're talking a lot about mental health mm -hmm. and um, emotional regulation. I think this plays a really key part in being able to help in those situations. We talked about the anger emotion coming up and how you'd reverse engineer and look at how that is manifesting. And there are other things as well that you can look at, such as like emotional eating or stress. What, what does, how does the, the emotional eating side of things show up? Again, that's like being able to feel, and I, like, I am not an expert in this emotional eating. I do have somebody who is, um, but what I've read is that, if we can't access that feeling of joy, right? Um, some people sometimes will um, eat to feel better. Yes, yes. Eat to access that feeling of joy. Right. Um, that they and so I think helping them access that feeling of joy in other ways yeah, is what yeah, we want yeah. to do. Um, and being mindful of what we're eating. And um, my friend Candace is amazing at, at all of this. And I think you've talked yes. with her um, on different podcasts as well, but like that is her area yeah. where she makes sure that you're mindful of what you're eating and you're not just eating when you're trying to find that joy, yes. that joy that's missing. We talk about like in Spider-Man, he uses his spidey sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was reading about interoception, they talked about your spidey sense or your gut feeling. Mm. And that gut feeling that we get, um, we use prior experience to evaluate the situation when we feel something. So right. if it's your first time feeling that grumble in your tummy yeah. when you're hungry, um, you might not know what that is. Right. Might, I'm sick or I'm dying or, you know, yeah, you could yeah. have all kinds of reactions or you could just ignore it. But if you remember, you've developed that memory that, oh, I had that feeling and then I ate and that feeling went away. That must be, I'm hungry. Right. Right. So this would be like, kids that that's kind of how they're thinking early on when they're learning and making those memories of when I felt this mm -hmm. it meant this yeah. or pain or sadness or panic right, right. if we go back right. to the, that talk that we had about panic when I felt this feeling this increased breathing and my heart rate was up and I got this tightness in my chest 
well, I had that before when I was exercising. Mm -hmm. So it might just be, it might just be that it might just be nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but sometimes we get those gut feelings and we, we brush them off right? and maybe we should be getting help too. Totally. So, you know, we could talk about this. I feel like for, for hours, yes, because there's so much information here. Um, we could talk about stress and how it hijacks that feeling and yeah. stress makes all of our learning stop. So we maybe panic and yeah, we could talk about that in a whole episode. <laughs> so children with decreased interoception may not feel those physical and psychological cues such as hunger or thirst or stress. And in therapy sessions, we would teach them to use their body to improve their overall function. So to start to feel and relate like what their body's feeling. So we're going to play. We're not going to sit down and just sit at a table and talk about emotions. I don't have a couch in the bus. <laughs> we're playing and we're um, having fun. Um, link that those physical signs and that physiological signs. So we might say after they're done playing and they've got sweat on their face, I can really see that you were working hard and you're sweating. Do you feel that? And does, how does your heart rate feel? Let's take your pulse maybe so they can feel that their, their heart rate is, is heightened. And, and how does that feel inside? Does do, how do your muscles feel? Right. So we have to teach kids how to feel and how to be aware of how their body is feeling. And you can establish through this, that children learn through play, right? Have you heard of Friedrich no. Frobel? So I went to a school that was actually called, it was based on the Frobel method, which was oh. learn through play. So like my entire schooling, not just like Montessori or like kindergarten, mm -hmm. it was like my whole up until 16, it's like science lessons were like, we're going to act out the amoeba. <laughs> it was just ridiculousness of like, <laughs> like now you shall be the nucleus and dance in the center while we all form that. Like it was all very, you don't forget that right? right right as opposed to just sitting and reading and learning that way it was very much you are in it like you're yeah. experiencing what you are learning today so it was pretty I had cool. a I had an instructor in university who um he was our neuroanatomy instructor and he I I remember all this and love neuroanatomy because he was like and this is how it develops. And so you've got your, um, your brainstem and then when he would blow up the brainstem and that's right. when this part develops and he'd walk you through, like he was walking through the ventricles in the brain and he'd be like, and to this side, you've got this Very and over cool. on this side it's this. And he was, he was in the brain. Yeah. He was like, yeah, he I was the interoception. It receptors <laughs> there you go there you go so yeah so uh, there is a lot to be said for learning through play and and being in it versus just uh the academia yeah and kids learn yeah they learn through play and they gain awareness of their body through playing and moving and experiencing i mean that's how sensory integration develops is just by by playing and experiencing the environment and the surroundings right and like learning that 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 sound means that and and that that is like that toy that i want is this far away mm. like that's how we get our depth perception is just right. by by going out and reaching those toys that we want 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, here's three easy ways to support the podcast and stay connected. Head over to sensationalpath.com to find out more about any of the resources we discussed on the show and ways to connect with us. Share the podcast with a friend, colleague, or a mom that you think would benefit from hearing this and subscribe to the show on your favorite player, being sure to leave a review saying how much you liked the show. Oh, one more thing. If you're on social media, tag Sensational Path so that we can stay connected and keep these conversations going. I hope this helps you discover your Sensational Path. This podcast was created with Share On Air, your concierge podcasting solutions. If you're an entrepreneur or small business that wants to get your podcast up and running, visit shareonair.ca or share underscore on air on all social media platforms.